exclusive podcast from Impact 89 FM. WDBM East Lansing. Welcome to the Spartan Sports Wrap on Impact Exposure. In the next hour, we'll guide you through Spartan Sports, your favorite Detroit teams, and beyond. Call in with your thoughts at 517-432-3893. And now, let's kick off another hour of Sports Talk. Welcome into the Spartan Sports Wrap. It is Monday night, so you can only be one place, and that's with us here in the basement of Holden Hall on Impact 89 FM. I'm your host, Dan. I'm here every Monday night, 7 to 8 p.m. The dial is 88.9. If you don't have a dial and you'd like to get online, it's www.impact89fm.com. Check us out there. Our podcast section is there as well, as you can check out our past shows. Download them to your desktop and listen to us all year round. But uh, in the house tonight, special guest John Allen, Michigan State Track and Field, is going to join us in just a second. Uh, top stories of the day, Michigan State assistant coach, Jim Boylan, yes, that's basketball, is headed to the University of Utah to be their head coach. Uh, he will be missed. We'll get to that later in the hour. Uh, coach Izzo will not be the next head coach at the University of Kentucky. I promise you that. We'll touch on that as well. And Drew Neitzel was not selected to the AP first, second, or third team All-American. A little disappointing in my eyes. Uh, I believe he deserved to be on that third team. But we'll talk about that later as well. But more importantly, Michigan State Spartan track and field star John Allen joins us in the house tonight. What's going on, John? How you doing, man? Uh, if you're not familiar with John, he's a Lansing guy. Where, where you went to Everett? No, Lansing Sexton. Sexton, that might be a sin. We're, we're on, not, that might be a sin Everett, by saying man. that. He said he's a Sexton. Sexton guy, uh, sophomore here at Michigan State, criminal justice sophomore. Just broke the school record in the triple jump. Uh, first of all, explain the triple jump. I was a track guy in high school. I know, I know what it's all about. But explain for those listeners who who just aren't familiar with the triple jump. Um, the triple jump is kind of hard to explain. Truthfully, man, most people I just tell them to look it up on YouTube. <laughs> so, there, there it is. There it is. Uh, if, if you're interested in the in the what the triple jump is, I'm sure the information's there on YouTube. Uh, but first of all, when you came to Michigan State, you weren't necessarily a triple jumper. What what did they recruit you for, and why was it track and field? You said you played football and basketball in high school. Uh, why, why was it track and field to, to pursue in college? Um, I think I chose track and field because it was um, really just a, a gateway to get to where I wanted to be in college. It was an a, a opportunity for me to get a, a scholarship, and track was the best out, outlook for it. So obviously the school is Michigan State, close to home, and uh, obviously a Big Ten school. Was that, was that the deciding factors in coming to Michigan State? Uh, yeah, it had a lot to do with it. Um, not necessarily the staying home thing. I didn't really, I didn't want to be too close to home. I would have liked to travel a little farther. But I think Michigan State is a great fit for me. Uh, do you think uh, you're a little disadvantaged? Obviously, track and field. You look at SEC schools down south, Louisiana and Florida. They get to run track and jump all year round. Do you think you could have been made better marks in high school if you had the opportunity to play year round, or would you have rather been the three sport athlete that you were? Um, I think I would have rather been a three-sport athlete, truthfully, because going from um, from indoor to outdoor season just with track, it seems like it's it's forever, and I couldn't imagine doing it through the whole school year just running track or whatever. All right, you broke the school indoor triple jump record. That that record was in place for like 26 years. Uh, you jumped 52 feet two inches. Just as a sophomore, did you see yourself coming into the season uh, with a goal of breaking that school record, or was that something that you kind of shocked yourself doing? Uh, yeah, it was a goal for me. Um, with this only being my second year triple jumping, I didn't really expect too much out of the season. It's still um, a learning experience or whatever, but 
I have high expectations for myself, and uh, getting the record was one of them. Michigan State track and field star John Allen joining us here on the Spartan Sports Rat this Monday night. He just broke the triple jump school indoor record, uh, a record that was in place for 26 years. He jumped 52 feet, 2 inches. If you weren't a triple jumper at first coming to Michigan State, what were your strengths coming out of high school? Um, definitely long jump. Uh, what what made you transition from long jump, obviously now excelling in triple jump? Um, it was just another avenue for uh, for track. One of the coaches that recruited me told me right off the bat that I'd probably most likely be a, a triple jumper instead of a long. So you, you say that you, you don't do any running events anymore. Is that kind of a blessing to you as an athlete that you don't have to, you know, grab the baton or, or get in the blocks for any races and you can just focus primarily on your jumps? It's a, um, it's a little less stress, not having to run so much and practice all the time. So obviously practice is a little more smooth for you. Yeah, a whole lot. All right, I'm assuming dunking the basketball comes pretty easy to you. I mean, it's... You, since you're a jump guy, you know, you got you, you got some hops, I'm sure. Yeah, I got some hops. He said, he said yeah, you heard it first. Um, you're the only Spartan to get a bid to the NCAA championship, the indoors. Uh, did you feel kind of privileged, or was it mixed emotions that you were rolling down there by yourself down to Arkansas? I was happy that I got down there, but I would have liked to um, travel with some more of my teammates. It was, I don't know. It was, it was kind of weird being down there alone and not having my uh, – my teammates to cheer me on and then you know look at them and see how they're performing also it, it, i read online that your family traveled down to watch you what's that mean to to be able to go to to the national level the highest level in track and field and co- for college athletes other than obviously the olympics what's that mean for you to have your family there to support you down there it meant a lot for me because my parents live in georgia right now they moved away when i went to uh when i came here to michigan state so just having them support me and follow up on me wherever uh, my track meets are it's just a blessing all right, you you said it yourself that you weren't very happy with your 13th place finish in the nation. That's very impressive as a sophomore. Uh, what what was what were you disappointed with in your performance at the national level? Um, I expected a lot better of how I performed. Uh, I went out there. I don't think I was prepared like I should have been on on my behalf. But um, I don't know, just high expectations. <clears throat> Is it is it a lot more a mental preparation? Obviously, more more so than a running event because you're only given what three chances uh, yeah. to to jump. It's a um, it's it's a big mental thing. If you you have to be on right right off 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 the jump or whatever, because if you you go out there and file your first jump, then the pressure's on to don't file the second one or don't file the third one. So you usually want to get that first one to be a good jump. So what's a good jump for you as a triple jumper? What's what's a good range you want to be in? Um, if I could stay consistent around 51 feet, I'd be satisfied. All right, you are the school record holder at 52-2. Uh, are you eyeing the school record? I know Julian Williams graduated last year. Great, great long jumper. Are you eyeing any records in the long jump? Eventually. I want to take care of these triple jump records first, and then hopefully I can move on to breaking some of the long jump records. All right, the outdoor season is upon us. What are your goals heading into outdoor? Um... I want to place at Big Tens this year better than I did last year um, in both long and triple jump. So what? how did you perform last year at the Big Tens as a freshman? Uh, was, was it tough for you going in there not against the top competition in, in the conference and probably the country, or, or was it something that you were used to? Did you run AAU track in, in high school? No, I just did uh, whenever it came around in high school. So what what was that competing at the at the highest level of the conference at the championships last year like for you? What did you take away from that? It was a great learning experience because it, it shows you how much you have to be prepared 
preparation is a big thing when it comes to jumping in track. And if you're not if you're not ready, then it, it plays a big toll on how you perform. So how how good a physical physical condition are you gonna have to be? People out there are probably thinking, oh, if he only has to do jumps, you really don't have to be in that great a condition. What well, what's an average practice like for you? Uh, length of hours? Uh, what kind of stuff are you doing to prepare yourself? Uh, practice usually lasts a couple hours long. We do a lot of a lot of jumping in practice. Uh, we do a lot with our speed work, and then whenever we go do our lifts, we do a lot of squatting to make sure that our legs are strong enough to be able to handle the, the toll from triple jumping. With two years ahead of you, what are some of your goals? Is it a, is a national championship with, within your reach? Most definitely. So so with two years to go, the the number one goal for you right now is to get a national championship, whether it be in the triple jump or you'd say the triple jump or the long jump. Both. Both. He is a, He's a go-getter, Juan. <laughs> you, see, you see that? This guy, this guy is hungry. We're here with Spartans' own John Allen, triple jump school record holder. Broke a 26-year-old record, jumped 52 feet 2 inches. Um, what, what's the difference between competing outdoor and indoor? Is it just maybe the elements, the weather, the yeah, heat? For me, the biggest thing is just the elements. I know living in Lansing in some high school meets, we had to jump in snow or thunderstorms and stuff like that. That's that's not fun, but when it, whenever the weather is real nice, it's it's all right to go outdoor, but I prefer indoor season, truthfully, just because you don't have to deal with the elements. All right, you say in uh, in an interview with Michigan State Sports Information that you have a lot to make up during the outdoor season. What do you have to make up? Um, I feel like I left some points behind at Big Tens and at the national meet, so I feel like I have the um, the obligation for my team. I know they look at me as a leader on the team, and I want to um, be able to prove to my teammates that I'm accountable. In certain sports, I know there's kind of a, a segregation of athletes. You can look into a, a football clubhouse and see, you know, defensive guys over here, offensive guys over there. Is is that the kind of same same way in track and field where you have, you know, you kind of your distance guys stick together, your sprinters stick together, your jumpers stick together? Yeah, I would say it's it's kind of like that. I know our group of jumpers, we try to get together at least once a week just to congregate within each other or whatever. But um, as a whole, we. We get along pretty well in the locker rooms and everything. Are uh, you you're a teammate of Jeremy Orr, a great kid out of Detroit. Uh, were you familiar with Jo coming out of high school as you as you were an up and coming star at in Lansing here? Yeah, I was real familiar with Jeremy. He um, he ran in our state meet my junior year, and I got to see him uh, break some some state records or whatever in the two hundred. So what what's it like competing with with Jeremy? Obviously, he's qualified himself in years past for for national meets. Is there anything that you guys kind of share with each other, bounce off each other to to make each other better jumpers and runners? Um, I think we're we're both hungry. We both want it a lot, man. Jeremy he works real hard in practice. You can see where he puts in the effort to uh, to be good, and I I like to feed off of his energy. I'm, I'm a person who can feed off somebody's energy a lot. So when I see somebody else on our team doing well or wanting to do the right things or whatever. So that that feeds off for me a lot. Hey, man, we thank you for your time. We know you got things to get to. We appreciate your time. John Allen, Michigan State Track and Field School, record holder in the triple jump, jump 52-2. Uh, we, hey, we wish you luck down the road, man. We, I know I see on the schedule here the NCAA championships in June 7th. I'm sure you got a circle on yours. So we wish you the best of luck, man. Thank you. Appreciate it. When we come back after this break, more Spartan sports for you. Tom Izzo not going to Kentucky. Drew Neitzel not an All-American. And Michigan State Hockey is going to the Frozen Four. The number is 517-432-3893. Special thanks to our guest, John Allen, Michigan State's own track and field, triple jumper, and 
Selena Bagyal, Michigan State Sports Information in the house. We'll be back after the break. Stay with us. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9 The Impact. For some high school students, school can be a dangerous place. A lot of gamers look at you as a game member, too. For some, just being in school can be a struggle. I wouldn't go to school. I didn't care about what my mom said. My mom would tell me, like, what are you doing for yourself? You're not doing nothing. But despite all the obstacles, inside every high school student is a graduate. People look down on you if you don't have a diploma. I want to graduate because they say I won't. Go to BoostUp.org and find out how you can help a friend, a son, a daughter finish high school. BoostUp.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Army and the Ad Council. For more variety than you'll hear on any other station, listen to the Impact Primetime, where you can find a different specialty show every night of the week. Tuesday nights from 8 until midnight, the Impact's progressive torch and twang brings you the best in alternative country and grassroots music. Only on Impact Primetime. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9, the Impact. Phone lines are open at 432 3893. And now, back to Exposure. Welcome back to Exposure. My name's Dan Duggar. I'm the host of the Spartan Sports Wrap here every Monday night on the Impact 89 FM. We appreciate John Allen, Michigan State Track and Field, joining us in the little thing we'd like to call the Spartan Sit-Down. Uh, he joined us there at the top of the hour. Uh, but back to the introductions. Welcome back, everybody, to a wonderful week. Wonderful 70-odd degrees today. Uh, Juan's in the house, native of Detroit City. What is good, my friend? Nothing much, man. Just on the grind, huh, Juan? Just on the grind. You, you, came, you came in at, at 6.59 and 40 seconds. You, Beautiful. You, you, were, you were right, right on the dot. the buzzer, man. And Brigitte's in the house as well. She's back after, a, what, a wonderful weekend at I home? I did have a good weekend at home. On Friday night, I actually got to see my roommate compete in the Miss United States pageant. She took, uh, got in the top 15, so when is she? Really when is she going to get on the show? That's what Juan just said. Juan I'll try wants, and get her on soon for you, Dan. Juan wants to know when, when the, well, she was Miss Michigan, right? She was Miss Michigan, and she competed this past weekend against um, the top winners from each state. So Too bad we're not on television. Birds right, of a feather flock together. together. One. That's right. And the Rook, what's going on, Steve? Not much. I'm loving the spring weather. I'm loving it as well, and I'm loving your pink Chicago Cubs shirt as, just as much. Thanks, Dan. Is that is that long hair of yours? Just is that get a little hot in in this type of weather? Or what when are you gonna cut it? You know, we're gonna get a little Steve Nash cut. You know, a little take it down to about a number two all the way around. Uh, probably not, Dan. That's a good look. I I hear that 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 number two all the way around one. I heard, I heard, to, it, was, to, I heard to, it was a classic. It's a tremendous look. Uh, congrats to Michigan State hockey in the Frozen Four. Backup goalie Steve Minch. Hey. We we work with what we can get here. He'll be joining us around seven thirty to talk about Michigan State's run to the Frozen Four and about what it is like sharing the crease um, or lack thereof with goalie what Jeff Lurk. I get confused with these Lurks. The Jeff. cousins. Brian is the winger. Jeff, Jeff is the goaltender. Goal so we'll talk Michigan State hockey later in this hour. Coach Izzo rumored to be the next in line at Kentucky. Um, please. Let's not even go there, okay? <laughs> Coach Izzo will not be going to the University of Kentucky. Uh, Billy Donovan possibly. We'll see how this Final Four shakes out. We'll get to that later. Andrew Neitzel, he is not an All-American for a second or third team. Very disappointed in that. I think he deserved to be at least on that third team. He was a first-team All-Big Ten selection. Uh, thanks to John Allen, Michigan State track and field. But more importantly, we move forward jumping to the next topic, Michigan State head coach Joanne P. McCauley receives a salary raise 
amidst all the turmoil and controversy of her leaving to destinations such as Louisiana State University, the University of Florida, and even possibly Texas, it looks as if Joanne P. is here to stay. Uh, the contract goes into effect July 1st. Here are the numbers. Uh, it's a five-year rollover deal, uh, which will pay her $500,000 annually. Uh, but here's the incentives. Um, the incentives could bump her to 643 a year. Um, the the highest paid women's coach in college basketball, I believe, is down in Tennessee. She makes a million a year. I'm I'm pretty sure about that one. Uh, base salary uh, was two hundred thirty two thousand eight seventy five. Uh, increases nearly a hundred thousand to three twenty five. Even uh, if she makes an NCAA tournament appearance, she did get paid five grand. She now makes ten. Uh, if she makes the second round, uh, it was zero, and now she makes ten thousand. Uh, for making the second round and so on. I believe it's 7000 for a Sweet 16. If she wins a national championship, uh, a cool fifty grand. So obviously you can see an, ex- an incentive-laden contract here for Coach P. Uh, is it a deserving contract amidst all the turmoil and biting and, and things going on with women's basketball, Juan? Well, yes. Uh, she's a fantastic coach. Um, she's done great things while she's been here at Michigan State University. Her recruiting tactics are great. She's bringing in talent from all across the country. Obviously, the, pair, the, the players like her and enjoy her. Um, the Spartan games for the ladies are, are packed more than ever. They're performing at a higher level. So if you want a coach to stay put and, and compete as, as you would like them to, there's no reason why you wouldn't pay her and make a, at least a, a challenging offer to what will be presented by LSU in Florida. Absolutely. I'm sure that's what it was all about, test her, her market price value. market value and it came back and obviously ron mason and president simon responded uh giving her a just raise brigitte i think they realized how valuable she was exactly um taking them to the championship a couple years ago another tournament berth this year i think you know if they want to keep her here they're gonna have to put up the numbers and this way they'll keep her for another couple of years and hopefully they'll get another championship Obviously, she is bringing the fans to the Breslin as well. Mm -hmm. I believe the top 15 attendance turnouts in Michigan State women's basketball history all have been under the regime of Coach Joanne P. McCauley. So obviously, she's filling the joint. She's got tremendous recruits coming in. Although they they didn't get the job done against Rutgers, we saw what Rutgers did to number one Duke. Mm -hmm. And and Rutgers is, is my... If, if when it all comes down to it, I really like Rutgers winning the women's national championship. Wow, wasn't that a heartbreaker though out there for Duke, though? Oh, missing the two <sighs> free throws with one tenth of Man, a second left on the clock. I don't think she slept yet. I, I believe that was a hot debate today whether she, whether if that was a, a, a men's athlete that that they would get heckled yeah. and, and they would get the heat for it. Oh, absolutely! I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're George Washington or if you're Duke. Uh, if you're if you're any college athlete and you miss that opportunity, I think you're gonna you're gonna catch some heat because, come on. Although you know people say it's not professional, yes, it's still a business, and and yes, these are adults. I'd say for the most part, they right. they act like adults, and there, there's no excuse for that. Albeit a woman or a man, come on, you got to make those free throws. At least one. And the last the last person I remember who who choked like that was a. Uh, Darius Washington out at Memphis, and, yes. he, and he went pro the next year. He couldn't even take it to come back again. So. Man, what happened? Man, we'll get to the final. Your boys at Memphis. I know Chris Douglas Roberts. Yeah. Yeah, that was your Detroit boy. That yes. I, I found slowly, slowly pieced it together while you were rooting for Memphis. One, Doug, to Doug Detroit, see Doug. You know, 
That little Detroit City thing going on. We'll get to the Final Four later. But Coach Joanne P. McCauley gets a little salary raise amidst all the controversy that she was leaving. Obviously, she's here to stay. Um, she gets the base salary. I'm sure she gets a little something-something from Nike in there. Um, albeit, um, she's going to be making more money next year. Um, on the whole, do women head coaches deserve to be paid more in comparison to men's programs? Or is it... Um, is it based on an individual basis, as we've seen here with Joanne P? Um, I wouldn't say they should just get paid more than me, and I think their problem come, lies in the fact that their revenue that they bring in isn't um, competitive as, as the male aspect is. So as a university, it wouldn't be as as smart to pay more money to something that brings you less back. You know, it's kind of kind of simple. If you'd like to comment, the number is 517-432-3893. If you're just tuning in, yes, it's a music station, but we do sports just as well. This is Spartan Sports Rep on every Monday night, 7 to 8 p.m. Uh, Michigan State hockey team advances to the Frozen Four. Uh, goaltender Steve Minch will join us around 7.30. Uh, Drew Neitzel not selected to AP first, second, or third team. Very disappointing in my eyes. I believe he deserved better. Uh, we just sat down with Spartans long jumper and triple jumper John Allen. So if you missed it, you're going to have to check our website and the podcast to listen to that interview. Uh, head coach Joanne P. McCauley receives a due salary raise, I believe, um, exactly what she was looking for uh, in terms of monetary value and incentives. So the basketball futures here at Michigan State are secure. Um, a hot debate around around the country is that is that women head coaches of the head coaches of women's programs, in particular women, deserve more in comparison uh, to men, because if you look at Michigan State, Tom Izzo makes upwards of $1.7 million. Um, we look at Joanne P., what is that, 35% of, of, max. of, of max of of Izzo's contract. Uh, but then again, it, it all comes down, yes, in, in theory and in, in ethics, in morality, whatever, you could say that, that they should be on an even playing field, but too bad Title IX does not extend into contract <laughs> negotiations. Yes, you'll get the same amount of scholarships, but no, I'm sorry, at the end of the day, college athletics is just as much as a of a, a business, business. A, as is the the professionals. And if you want to to have a good name for the university, yes, the prime the prime one of my professors pointed out this week I think is a great point uh, that the primary role of an institution is is the role of academics and expanding knowledge, or whatever. But at the end of the day, uh, part of that part of the the money coming into university is through athletics. But the primary function is academics. If that is not the case. Five one seven four three two thirty eight ninety three. I'd like to hear your opinions tonight. The phones are wide open, and I'm taking anybody. Okay, I don't care if you're a little shy. You know, toughen up and give us a call. You know, <laughs> we'll be gentle. We'll we'll, we'll be kind. Uh, but your opinion and Stan Heath fired from Arkansas today. Former Michigan State assistant under Tom Izzo, let go uh, from the Razorbacks. So we'll see where he lands. He could be an assistant here at Michigan State, but we'll talk about that later. Uh, but back to the to the nice conversation here about uh, the disparity of salaries in professional and not we could even say professional. We look at the WNBA starting salary of an M, a WNBA rookie is thirty five to thirty seven thousand dollars, and then when we look at the NBA uh, league minimum is around four thirty. Yeah, I, I and, believe. and then the lottery picks are guaranteed oh, uh, what, three to five year contracts for at least ten million dollars. So 
I mean, but it's it's all business though. It's one big business at the end of the day, and when you boil it down, and it's more revenue to be made in the men's game. That's why they have those outrageous numbers. That's why Nike gives out those hundred million dollar contracts because the fact is, little kids want to grow up and be and emulate the the male superstars they see on television. Unfortunately for the women, but that's just the case. It just seems like right now uh, basketball is still a male-dominated sport, but in the future, you know, it seems like the women are getting a bigger fan base and they're getting a larger crowd at their games. So in the future, when basketball does become more of an equal sport, it seems like maybe then they can start negotiating more even terms. But right now, as you said, what's it, it is gonna, a business. What's it going to take for, for women's basketball to get on an even closer playing field? I've done some research on this topic, 89% of sports broadcasts, say ESPN, say whatever, Fox, CNN, that are covering sports, 89% of that broadcast is dedicated to men's, quote-unquote, men's mm-hmm. sports or men participating in the designated sport. What's it going to take? I think they need to be televised more. It needs to be put out more in people's eyes because all you hear about, you don't hear about brackets for like the women's team. You don't hear about pools and stuff for the women's basketball. It's all male-dominated, which is kind of our society, not saying that it's right, but until women start getting that... Um, exposure. Exposure, thank you, that they deserve, then it probably will stay that way, even though it's not Hey, right. we give the opportunity to women to get exposure <laughs> here I, on, I, ex- I do, I on exposure. I get my exposure. Well, on, the, on the program, the we'd like to call to. exposure weeknight, 7 to 8 p.m. Monday night, this is the Spartan Sports Wrap, and that is what you are tuned in now. 88.9 is the dial www.impact89fm.com is the website if you'd like to check us out. If you're not within 30 miles, I tested it in my car recently. <laughs> uh, you can get the impact 30 miles down 96 towards Detroit. It's tremendous broadcast feed. If you're with, if you're not within that range, check us out online. You can get a live feed. Just click Listen Live uh, anywhere around the world, and you can get us. And check out our live feed Monday night, 7 to 8 p.m. That's the Spartan Sports Wrap. That's all we get, one hour, but we try to make it the best hour of sports talk here in the Lansing area. Coming up later in this hour, Michigan State hockey member, goalie, Frozen Four going there. Steve Minch will join us around 7.30. Great guy. He's going to talk about what it is sharing the pipes, practicing with the was it CCHA Rookie of the Year last year, Jeff Lurg, and, and how he has sparked them this past weekend. Uh, to beat respectively number two and number one ranked um, Boston and Notre Dame this past weekend. Tremendous weekend if you are a hockey fan, if you fall into that small niche percentage uh, of sports fans. But uh, I cannot be more proud of this team. Uh, And that segues right into our next segment here, men's ice hockey. Two huge wins just when we thought they were kind of flaring out at the end of the season. They lose lose on senior night at home. Uh, that, That is just a... A deadly sin in my eyes. You can't lose on senior night, uh, but they did, and and more importantly, uh, they've rebounded from that. But not to mention, they lost to Michigan recently at the Joe, and I believe the CCHA tournament semifinals that Saturday night game. Michigan uh, beat them to to take the edge in the season series. But now Michigan is at home, as seems in every sport, uh, unless it's like softball or something. Michigan's at home. Uh, Michigan State has moved on to the Frozen Four, first time since 2001. Your thoughts, the number's 517-432-3893. Uh, we're going to get Steve Minch on the phone here shortly, Michigan State backup goalie. Hey, it's not Jeff Lurg, but hey, he can tell us a lot about what is going on and the emotions inside that locker room and what it means to the team he'll be on in a few minutes. Uh, but 
Is this a surprise to you to see this hockey team make it to the Frozen Four? And what does this do for Michigan State Athletics as a whole? Well, I don't think it's that much of a surprise. They're a consistent team. They had, like you said, a couple ups and downs. But they have a strong core. They have a strong goaltending. They're strong on the wing. So I don't see why they wouldn't bounce back. Um, they're definitely rising to the occasion. That hunger is reemerging in them. And, you know, that loss on senior night, though it was bad, you know, it's the small things like that that sometimes brings the team together at more of a as a cohesive unit and makes them play just that much harder. It puts that little... You know, fear in their hearts. Just as promised, Michigan State goaltender Steve Minch joins us here on the Spartan Sports Wrap. Minch, what is going on, my friend? Hello, hello. Hey, we thank we thank you for your time. We know things are busy prepping for the big game against Maine. Was it April third down in St. Louis? You know, it is uh, it's April fifth and seventh. April fifth uh, and seventh. I see you got no, I got I see you got the seventh marked off because you guys are planning on making it to that national championship game. I'm sure. You know what, man? I figure if we're going to be down there for one, we might as well win them both, you know? Hey, that's right. Steve Minch, Michigan State Hockey, joining us. First of all, you guys kind of you fluttered at the end of the season there, losing on senior night. You lost to Michigan, uh, but all of a sudden things have turned around. What has sparked that? Is it your power play scoring? Is it the tremendous goaltending? What spurred this turnaround to beat the number two and number one teams in the in the Sweet six, sweet 16 or, or whatever they call it there in hockey? You know, you know, it's really a combination. I mean, it's it's this team that we've got. It's such a good team. The 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 chemistry between all the guys is unbelievable, and you know, it's just the, the belief in each other that you know we, we know we've got the talent. We knew we could. We we've, we've played good before, and so we had to find it within ourselves. And then obviously, uh, our goaltender Jeff Lurg, who's who's unbelievable. He he stood on his head, and you know, he's been the best player throughout the whole season, and uh, that's exactly how he played this weekend uh, to pick up the two wins. So heading down to St. Louis, uh, what are some of the preparation things? Is practice going to get harder? Is it going to be more film? Uh, how do you prepare for, for a team like, like Maine that, that is a perennial powerhouse, a solid team in college hockey every year? How do you prepare for such a powerhouse? In, uh, but obviously you guys are, are a powerhouse there yourselves. Yeah, well, you know, first of all, I like that perennial powerhouse. I like that uh, combination of words there, though. But uh, no, you know what? It's just going to be sticking what we've been doing all year. You know, it's uh, you know going over video. We're gonna we're we're gonna we're not worrying about the second game at all. We're we're focusing on them. We're going to watch video on them, uh, and we can keep things keep things consistent. You know, we're going to work on our power play, work on our penalty kill, um, just you know work on everything we've been doing the whole year, and you know it's worked for us so far. And we you know we're gonna. You know, have good heads going down there, and uh, you know, just just keep everything consistent. Uh, was that was that win Saturday against against Notre Dame? Was that somewhat of a surprise to you guys, or did you guys going into that game know that you could get the job done, even though you haven't had what is the best penalty uh, scoring power play scoring, but you guys put it together, and even with this, what they had a two man advantage there at the end of the game, you guys took care of business. Was was, was that the biggest win of the year? You know, it was. I mean, hands down, it, it, it's the first time we got into the Frozen Four in a while, so obviously it's going to be a big win. But Notre Dame's an outstanding team. They they went from a team from being one of the last teams in the league last year to winning the CCHA this year. Um, so, I mean, un- undoubtedly they're, they're a great team, and we knew that going in. And um, I think I mean, we think we had some doubters, but, you know, like I said earlier, it was just a, you know, we knew we could do it. We knew if we came together and our, our big players played big and the role players, you know, did their role, that uh, we would be just fine. We went out there, and I think we turned some heads and uh, definitely definitely got some second looks, especially going in for this uh, upcoming tournament here in St. Louis. Hey, Steve, congratulations on making it to the Frozen Four. Thank you. Um, who was going to have to step up and make the biggest impact for you guys to get a championship? 
You know, uh, Jeff, it's got to be Jeff Lurg. Um, but you know, there's there's no doubt in anyone's mind in anyone's mind that you know he's going to play great. Um, he's been one of the best goaltenders, in, in my opinion, in college hockey the whole year. Um, and you know, our success is basically run through him. I mean, he's he's a you know one of a kind goaltender. Um, also, you know, I mean, just all the guys on the team play their specific role. Our captain's great captain. Our goal scorers are great goal scorers, and you know, all the way down the line. Um, and and it's really going to be a big a big team effort that's that's going to have to get the job done. Okay, so what are the keys to victory heading down to St. Louis, matching up against Maine? What are some th- what are some things that you guys are going to key in on against Maine? Well, uh, well, we're, the two teams, like us and uh, and Maine, are are really sound defensively. So for us, it's going to be, um, you know, we're going to have to key in on our defense to make sure it's up to par. And uh, as far as for them, we know they've got a good uh, good goaltender. It's, it's, you know, Lurg, he's he's like five foot five, and this goalie this goalie down in Maine is uh, about six foot eight. So uh, we know he's going to be good, and we know that we're going to have to break through their defense. So it's basically just kind of uh, kind of just breaking down everything, and you know, just making sure we're set, and the rest will come. A whole one foot and three inches taller than your goaltender, uh, <laughs> yes. but we're sitting here with uh, with Steve Minch, Michigan State hockey on the line with us. We appreciate his time. Uh, so you you match up with a defensive team in Maine. Uh, so where where do you where are you going to see your point production? Is it going to be the power? Is it going you guys going to continue with the streak of scoring on the power play? Or, or do you think you guys can score for, from from many angles? I know Brian Lurg's a tremendous mm-hmm. tremendous scorer as well. Jeff's cousin. Uh, where, where do you think the point production is going to come? And, and what is it going to be? Keying in on scoring on power plays or or man down advantages? What's it going to be? You know, I, th- I think it's going to be. I mean, obviously, we need to take advantage of power plays. It's you know, games nowadays with uh, the new rules and the new the new penalty rules. It's, it's really one on on penalty or on power play goals, but. In order for us to win, and at this point, with the, in the final four, all the teams are great. So you've got to you've got to be able to score in all situations, even even if you need a few penalty killing goals. Um, but you know we're, we're just going to look all over. You know, like you were saying, Brian Larry's the scorer, um, Tim Kennedy, uh, Tim Crowder, Justin Applicator. Everyone's a bunch of great scorers, and you know I think we'll uh, I think we'll be just fine. All right, what one off the topic question? Steve Minch joining us, Michigan State hockey. I know uh, there's a little feature on Michigan State official website in the box with Zach McClellan. Uh, can you can you talk a little bit about what that's all about? What that's all about? It just shows Zach McClellan is a one of a kind kid. He has got to be one of the funniest kids. Uh, obviously, the funniest kid on our team. He's won the Goofus Award going on three years, and he's hoping to do a, do a clean sweep next year, being a senior. But uh, it's basically just Zach McClellan being himself and going around asking asking guys questions and kind of giving uh, people outside the hockey arena um, a little feel for what goes on and uh, kind of just some of the personalities in the program. And, I mean, he's a great, great kid. It's a great program. And, you know, if anyone listening right now hasn't gotten a chance to check it out, it's definitely something funny. It'll give you guys a few laughs. Yeah, that's uh, that's on MSUSpartans.com. Just click under the uh, the hockey link if you choose, and uh, it's called In the Box with Zach McClellan. It's one of the features there on the on the Michigan State website. Uh, one more for you, Minch. Um, we appreciate your time, but uh, at Michigan State, obviously everyone everyone talks about our 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 storied basketball program, the football program, and even even the women's basketball program. Uh, but when we look at this season, this hockey team that sometimes takes third, fourth seat to those programs. Has advanced the the farthest in the in the post in the national postseason. Are, are you guys kind of taking pride in that in in wanting to get a national championship and get some of the to the light back to your program? You know, yeah. I mean, that's something we've worked on the whole year. Uh, the fans this year have been unbelievable. The the attendance throughout the last couple of years has been low, but uh, I mean that's been our goal the whole year. We know if we play well, that the the fans are going to come, and the, the arena's been great. There's been a bunch of sellout games, and um, you know, I mean, we we support. 
the football team and the basketball team, both men's and women's, just as much as they support us. You know, it's great. They come out to the games. We go out to their games. Um, and so the fact that, you know, we may be on a little bit of a backseat is definitely just a little more motivation for us to, you know, go out and win and, you know, hopefully bring a championship back to the school. Hey, man, we appreciate it, and we wish you guys the best of luck down there at the Frozen Four in St. Louis. Steve Minch, Michigan State Hockey, thank you. No problem. Thanks, guys. Steve Minch, Michigan State Hockey, goaltender there for the Spartans on ice, heading down to the Frozen Four in St. Louis. Uh, somewhat of a surprise, but nonetheless, we here at the Spartan Sports Rep are proud of them, uh, just showing how fine of an institution this is and how we are cranking out championship-caliber squads in each of the sports. Sorry, Michigan, uh, but we're continuing to get it done. Uh, after this break, we'll continue on getting it done here on the Spartan Sports Rep. we on every Monday night, 7 to 8 p.m. Uh, if you want to give us a call, please do, 517-432-3893. Stay with us. We will be back after the break. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9 The Impact. Attention shoppers, if anyone is missing a rather plump set of love handles, please come to the customer service counter and claim them. The ample love handles were lost in the produce department where their former owner had purchased fruits and veggies to munch on during the big game. Thank you and have a good day. Small step number 81, snack on fruits and veggies. It's just one of the many small steps you can take to get healthy. Learn more at www.smallstep.gov. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. For more variety than you'll hear on any other station, listen to the Impact Primetime, Primetime, where you can find a different specialty show every night of the week. Saturday nights from 8 p.m. until 2 a.m., tune into the cultural vibe to hear the best in both local and national hip-hop, plus live mixing on the ones and twos. Only on Impact Primetime. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9, The Impact. Phone lines are open at 432-3893. And now, back to Exposure. Welcome back to Exposure on Impact 89 FM. More importantly, welcome back to the Spartan Sports Wrap. We're on every Monday night, 7 to 8 p.m. I'm your host, Dan Duggar, in the hot seat. Every Monday night across from me is Dewan Simmons. We're up in the city of Detroit. Uh, Steve, we call him the Rook, but uh, lately he's been shedding that nickname because of his tremendous performance <laughs> in the basement. What's the ultimate team player. The, the exact, there it is. In one, in one phrase, the ultimate team player. And Brigitte uh, shedding her light on the wide world of sports. Mm-hmm. But we are... Impact 89 FM, MSU Student Radio Award-winning station yet again this year. Uh, Michigan State head coach Joanne P. Uh, gets a race. That's women's head basketball coach. Gets a little bump up. A few thousand here for making the tournament. A few more there. Uh, we sat down with Michigan State's own John Allen, Michigan State track and field. Last week, we sat down with Matt Harmon, Michigan State men's golf. If you'd like to check that out, that'll be on the website soon. I know we've had some technical difficulty with the website lately. Uh, but those issues seem to be cleared up for the time being. So go ahead and check those interviews out. Not to mention we had some interviews with Edong Ebok, Marquise Gray, and even the deserving All-American Drew Neitzel, even though he wasn't the All-American. But uh, Steve Minch, Michigan State men's ice hockey, just joined us talking about their run to the Frozen Four in St. Louis. Proud of those guys. Man, did they turn their season, not really turn it around, but they really ended uh, the right way there at, at the at the CCHA, you know, they lost to Michigan, but they rebounded tremendously. They picked it up when they had to. They they took care of business when they had to. So I'm not going to call it a turnaround. They just put it in high gear and let's say let's roll to St. Louis 
They said, you can meet me in St. Louis. <laughs> Classic, Juan. That was that yeah. eighth. Hey, but from the Frozen Four to the Final Four, Juan, wow, who would have thunk it? Uh, I mean, obviously, yes, Ohio State, Florida. Uh, but Georgetown, wow, somewhat of a dark horse, but boy, did they look good when they dismantled mm-hmm. North Carolina in overtime. Not to mention UCLA uh, makes another appearance in the Final Four. And that brings us to a little question that is obviously answered by this Final Four, uh, and that's something Michigan State is striving for, uh, national dominance in both major sports, men's football and men's basketball. As we see now, we may have a matchup uh, that parallels that of the BCS championship game of Florida-Ohio State. Uh, what, what does it take, Juan, to, to get the national dominance in both sports? Is it is it kind of each sport has to grow on its own, or could a school be a dominant basketball powerhouse like Duke, and then eventually through exposure, their football team uh, will improve, but obviously Duke's fo- football team is terrible. Uh, what's it take, Juan, to get to get both major sports on the national spotlight in national dominance? Well, I think we live in an era now where a lot of guys who come to college don't really plan on being there for the entire four years, and a lot of the guys also come in not not so selective about educational level. When you look at the North Carolina, the Dukes, and the Kentuckys back in the early 60s and 70s, those were the premier universities to go for educational-wise. So it's a, it's been a slight shift. A lot of the guys now are just going to the hottest spot. I know uh, O.J. Mayo recently uh, interviewed, and, and he was speaking about his commitment to uh, USC. And he was talking about the reason he's going there is to try to establish himself as a program and put a program on the map, and also the marketing aspects being in Southern California. So it's a lot of other factors that are now being factored into that decision of what school to go to. And a lot of players now are understanding that if the football program is hot, being a major major program, you know it's easier for the basketball program to, to, to play off that and get into the spotlight. So I think both programs build off each other. If you have a solid basketball program, it's easier to get those football recruits. If you have a solid football program, it's easier to get those basketball recruits. The talent of the players coming to the university makes a huge difference, but also the coaches. If you can find a coach in each sport that's going to be consistent, getting wins each year, um, not struggling, not replacing the coach, the coach has a huge impact on the level that the program can become. So if Michigan State, if they already have established Tom Izzo as a great coach, if Mark D'Antonio can provide the improvements for the football program that we're all hoping he will, I can't see why we can't one day become like Ohio State or Florida. On that same level uh, with Izzo, you have Roy Williams of North Carolina. They signed Butch Davis, kind of a bad football team in the ACC, but I think they can improve very well with their coach and the incoming recruits with North Carolina. So obviously the question is not whether a a program, a university, pardon me, can be both a powerhouse in football and basketball, the two major revenue sports, men's football and men's basketball. Yes, I may sound like a sexist, but if you look at the numbers, that's where you're going to be making the money, is men's football primarily and men's basketball. Um, I've heard that uh, the football program here funds around 60% of the athletic department's budget. Uh, so when you bring in numbers like that, obviously uh, you deserve the attention. So obviously football is first string at a university. Even Tom Izzo himself will say that, is that football is first string. And it was just kind of interesting to, to note that uh, we could see a rematch of the BCS football championship game uh, in the national championship in men's basketball. Uh, we could see Ohio State and Florida, and that, that would be my championship game right now.
I really, I really think that's very I'm, I'm looking forward to this the matchup of seven footers uh, with Greg Oden and Georgetown's Je- Hibbert, Roy, Hib- Roy Hibbert. Absolutely, going to be a great matchup. Um, obviously, I'll give the advantage right now to Florida. Uh, I believe they have a little mental edge over UCLA after handing it to them in the national championship game last year. But that could prove to be motivation uh, for the Bruins. Uh, but at this point in time, uh, we look at Florida. Uh, they get past UCLA. I think they will. Uh, they killed Ohio State earlier this year. And uh, we might be seeing the same result of the BCS championship game as well as the similar matchup. Uh, so who's your pick heading into Atlanta? Well... To me, the best game is going to be the Ohio State-Georgetown game. Um, I think it's starting to come true that they did say defense wins championships, and it's starting to show the light. Um, All these teams remaining are great defenders at the perimeter and underneath the basket. Um, I actually like UCLA over Florida right now. Um, Florida's not really as confident as they were last year. They didn't have the underdog motivation that they had last year. They weren't flying under the radar this year as they were last year. Um, UCLA has the the tenacity to get up in their face and and stick with them when they cause those matchup problems down low with with Noah and and, and uh, Hartford. So I think they also have the speed to stick with Humphrey. Um, I think that was the downfall of Oregon. Not to mention that one of my fellow friends uh, Porter was a little off in that game, going 0 for 9, I believe, from the from the three point stripe. But he'll bounce back. But on the other end, with the Georgetown Ohio State game, it's it's going to be an ugly game. Um, the athleticism on the court is going to be crazy. Um, Georgetown show when they kick in high gear and really buckle down and defend, nobody could beat them. The, the pressure they put on North Carolina, I believe they went something like two for 23 the last 14, 15 minutes of that game. I mean, that's just that's un, un, unrealistic. So um, it's a wide open um, tournament at this point. Anybody could really pull it out, but I like UCLA and Georgetown for my national championship. And who's taking home the, the trophy? I got Georgetown taking it home. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Georgetown, with the steam they have coming in off of that North Carolina victory, uh, listened to the end of that game on, on the radio and, and caught the very end of, of overtime in the house. And I was just so impressed with, with like you said, the, to echo just what you said, the defensive pressure of the Hoyas. And I think that, that Jeff Green is a tremendous guard. And there's I, no I quitting think he, I think he is so versatile on the floor. Uh, um, he'll hit you from outside. He'll take you to the rack. And I think uh, that athleticism combined with a solid seven-footer is going to get it done against Ohio State. Unfortunately, uh, we're not going to see a BCS rematch uh, because I think Ohio State's time has run up. They have won some very close games. They have gotten very lucky. Um, they were on the, sh- the ropes against Tennessee, um, and Tennessee kind of just blew it. Um, they should have lost to Xavier. Yes, yes. I think I think Ohio State's time is going to run up. Not not to take anything away from from how Mike Conley Jr. has been playing, or even you know you know saying this hurts us in 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 a chain of reaction because that's a Big Ten team that is not going to win the national championship, uh, in my opinion. Uh, but at, at the same time, you see a Georgetown team that obviously in the NCAA tournament, it's who gets hot at the right time, and when you see a team playing that well defensively. And doing so many things, what did they hang? Nearly a hundred points, uh, albeit they had an extra five minutes to do right, it. But, but anytime were, you hang a hundred points on on North Carolina, they were in the mid eighties going to overtime. So they definitely can run and 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 put points on the board. They can hurt you inside and outside as long as they stay out of foul trouble. But I just think it's just the hype of 
people finally get to see how good Greg Oden is because he's going to have a person across from him who is as close as you could get to his talent level, his his length, his his somewhat his athleticism. So it's going to be a real gut check for him and to see where they stand. I've had UCLA winning the tournament, but after watching this weekend, I think it's going to end up being between Florida and Georgetown. I think Florida will end up upsetting UCLA just because they do have the five returning starters. They do have that strength. They are familiar with playing with each other. They have those good um, post presence. But I do think if it comes down to it, if Georgetown does beat Ohio State, which I do think they will, I don't think they have it in them to take on UCLA and Georgetown and come out with a victory. So my money's on Georgetown. You heard it first. Brigitte Royan <laughs> says Georgetown will be the 2007 NCAA National Champions. I can't, I can't argue with that. Georgetown got hot at the right time. Uh, but I might, at the end of the day, I think I'm going to give the edge t- to Florida. I'm going to see. A, I'm going to. I want to see a final. Uh, obviously, I I did not pick any of the final four teams that are in the final four right now. <laughs> uh, and I and I host my own sports show. Wow, I'm going to get fired tomorrow. Uh, I I did have Kansas. Um, obviously, their youth and lack to score in the second half hurt them against UCLA. Um, they'll be back though, and I was happy to see them not get bounced in the first round. Uh, right. But Kansas, uh, Oregon, Oregon let me down. Um, obviously, if Tawan Porter hits a couple of those Jays, it's a whole different story. Entirely but but you can game. you can see how valuable his his jump shooting is to that ball club. Yeah, you, it, it showed through that he was a true freshman. You know, he's 18 years old. He he he's still somewhat inconsistent. He played as hard as he could. It was definitely no quitting him. But he just had one of those nights that every great shooter dreads when you just can't get one to fall. Um, he came out the night well two nights before. Had a solid game. Put up 33 and a win against UNLV and came back into the biggest game of his life. And unfortunately for him, he just didn't have He just couldn't get it done. And they really depend on that outside shooting to open up some of those other avenues for some of their weaker post players down low. So the fact that that wasn't there really put Oregon in a tight spot. Not not to take away from what Malik, he, and Aaron Brooks have done to put Oregon on the map. They played a very solid game, both of them. But um, Humphrey really, really killed them or, you know, really, really – Excel Florida to victory, knocking in, I believe, six, seven threes that he put down. So Florida Florida right now, um, you have to tote them as the favorite team. Absolutely, especially with Humphrey as the catalyst behind that offense. Right, not, not to mention second team, uh, no, third team All-American center, Al Horford, uh, obviously a local guy. You know, they'll say Dominican Republic, right. uh, but he, he grew up here in Grand Ledge, uh, played, his, played his high school ball here, and, and obviously there's some pipeline some attraction to Florida. I don't know what it is. Must be the weather. Yeah, must be the tremendous weather. But we saw it happen to Anthony Robe, Roberson. He went down there. We call him a Robe. He went down there. Al, Hor- Al Horford went down there. Uh, and obviously, obviously, there's a pipeline now from Detroit uh, over to Oregon. So, but but Oregon definitely on the map. But a school that you know, the famed Lions quarterback put him on the map for football a few, few years back. Uh, the Ducks are for real, and I, and I think they'll be they'll continue to be for real. Obviously, Tawan Porter not recruited by anybody but Oregon. Uh, I'm sure there's some teams in the nation, regardless him being five six and all of what 140 pounds wet. Oh wow, that's that's very generous. More uh, more five. The kid has three, the kid has a the kid has a stroke. Uh, the kid definitely has a stroke and shows that you can earn a scholarship if you are under five six and and weigh 130 soaking wet with rocks in your shoes that there's a scholarship out there to be got. So uh inspirational story uh we may see it on uh 
make you never a, know. <laughs> you make you a wish. Know. Make yourself. a wish. Yeah. <laughs> Our favorite softbox with Tawan Porter, anything but soft. He dropped 33 on, on UNLV. I really think that kid was fantastic this year for Oregon. Uh, really put himself on the map uh, as one of the smaller players in college basketball, but you can get the job done. Uh, but, yeah, Florida and Georgetown in the championship game. I'll have to give it to Florida. Their experience, uh, uh, they have tremendous coaching, and, and at every position, Florida will get you. Lee Humphrey turned it on in his last game. Uh, let's not forget about Joe Kim, Noah, Al Horford, Corey Brewer. Brewer is the one that really, His really length, he's uh, maybe one of the best problems. defenders in college basketball. And, and, and Florida has been there, and they have done it. And I think we'll, we'll see a repeat of that, that early 90s Duke team that won back-to-back. And, that was and a I, great team. And I'll give it to Florida, and then that's the end of Florida. Uh, and you're going to see multiple guys go pro, and you may see Billy Donovan go to Kentucky. I, I hope they do win for their sake because I know last year Brewer, Noah, and, and Hartford Donlow um, were all slotted as top 20 you know, draft picks if they had all went to the league. So I, I, don't, I hope they don't run into that ceiling. And if they drop this game coming up, you know, it's – quite realistic to say that their stock might fall especially in the area that we're in now so hopefully it pan out for them so it won't be one of those I regret you know coming back to play college ball absolutely we saw just you could turn it on in just a couple games we saw Tyrus Thomas last year who is who's this guy Tyrus Thomas all of a sudden he's a lotto pick uh now playing in the NBA and he was a redshirt the year before that it just shows how quick you can turn things around uh, but turning things around, Michigan State head coach Joanne P. McCauley uh, turned her contract around a little bit, making a little bit more money. Talked to Maya Johnson today, actually, and they're already back lifting weights. So so coach gets a little raise and says, you know what, let's work a little harder. Uh, so women are already back lifting weights. Open gym starts next week. I might, might head up there, Juan. That's quick. You know, after uh, Maya Johnson you know, calls me out on the air talking about my jump shot, I, I just might have to go back, go back into, you know, all you listeners could be laughing, saying, oh, go, go play against women's college basketball players. Yeah, why don't you go play against women's college basketball and see if you don't get wet in the eye a couple times by the, some of those three balls and some of those turnaround jumpers. They are tremendous. I, I, I have to say it. If you haven't seen women's basketball in person, you have to go see it yourself. These women are skilled. And playing against them is just is somewhat, at times embarrassing because uh, uh, at times they can, they can hit one on you and, you and you're just standing there like, wow. It really, know, I, it really stings. Uh, but more importantly, what really stings is uh, when you get the pink slip. <laughs> and uh, that's what Stan Heath from Arkansas got today. Uh, but more importantly, Michigan State's own Jimmy Boylan, uh, head coach Tom Izzo's main assistant. We'll put him at number like 1A. You know? 1A. He's that guy. Uh, Jim Boylan, hired at Utah. Uh, you know, Rick Majerus has been there before. Uh, their head coach currently came under, came under some heat. Uh, and uh, according to some sources, that Jim Boylan is going to be that guy at Utah. And I think it's a treme- tremendous opportunity for Jimmy. Uh, obviously, Coach Boylan could have gone and been on a bench in the NBA anywhere. He's that good. He was in the league 13 years. He understands uh, what it takes to develop players. He's going to be missed here. I think he's part of the reason Mo Ager uh, got drafted in the first round when he did is because uh, Coach Boylan put him through those, through those NBA workouts. Uh, 517-432-3893 is the number if you'd like to give us a shout. Kevin's behind the glass. we got five minutes to go, maybe even a little more. I might cut into Jeff Shoup's jazz spectrum a little, <laughs> bit, a little bit tonight. you know. But uh, Mark, Mike Garland, uh, name obviously comes up every time there's an opening on Coach Tom Izzo's staff. He played with Izzo at Northern Michigan. And, and then again, uh, Antonio Smith, we've seen him around the breast. And in his youth and energy could be an asset to the bench. But before we go to the bench, we go to the phones. Welcome to the Spartan Sports Rep. Dan Duggan, what's up, man? B-Hood. B-Hood. What is going on, B-Hood, all the way from the Windy City? 
Look, man, I know you're about to wrap up the show. I just got off work, right? um, but I really have the stuff that's been aching me, man. I got to talk about it. All right, B-Hood, the time is yours, brother. Go. All right, man. Roy Williams. I used to love him. He he blew the game yesterday. I'm sorry. Beginning of the show. Roy Williams single-handedly blew the game. Is it because he did not get the ball inside down the stretch? Exactly. Why would you have you have 20 seconds left, the score is tied, you're, you're all Amer- first team All-American power forward who has not missed a free throw all game, cannot get one touch on the ball. Instead, you have a freshman shooting guard shooting a three-pointer to win the game to go to the Final Four. Yeah, I was disappointed in that. I really thought, you know, albeit they blew the 10-point lead at the end of the game, uh, but I really thought that North Carolina had the talent to overcome that and just take care of business in OT. Yeah, you know what? Uh, I was watching the game in a bar. Once the game went to overtime, I left. I knew what was going to happen. The momentum shifted in uh, Georgetown's way. And, you know, I I think, uh, I don't know, this year there's two being Ohio, Travis, he built. B-Hood must have Sprint. Uh, <laughs> He'll have to, probably. But uh, I just had to put my two cents. Hey, we, we, appreciate, hey, we appreciate the comments, man. Uh, who's your pick to win the national title? Man, I, who do I, I hate to say it, I hate to say it, but Florida. Did, hey. Did, uh, you can't, uh, Winning champions, they didn't lose anybody. They got to be the favorite. Hey, we thank you for your time, B-Hood. I'll holla at you, my friend. Thanks for coming on the show. Be cool. We appreciate all the calls. Hey, we even got time for one more. Let's check. Let's check our uh, our listenership here, Juan. Let's check our ratings. If if you're listening to the show, uh, give us a call five one seven four three two thirty eight ninety three. Um, if we get no calls, Juan, I'll, I'll be very very depressed. And no one listen. Nobody listens to our show. Five one seven four three two three eight nine three. Kevin sitting over the phone patiently waiting. We want to hear your national championship pick for men's basketball. Hey, even throw women's basketball in there. I'm taking Rutgers because they handed it to us and they gave it to Duke, and I think there's no stop in their center. Kia, this girl Kia is unreal. I, I'm trying to think. Kia Vaughn, she, Vaughn is unreal. She has she's about six four, and, and a whole lot more than me. Yeah, there's there's some monsters. I really like Paris down in Oklahoma though, who took who took the loss yesterday. But the numbers that she's putting up and is outrageous. Hey, but, ba- but back to this. Back to this. Hold on. Before we get to the end of the hour, we got to touch on this here, Juan. Mike Garland or Antonio Smith? Who are you taking if you're Tom Izzo to be your next assistant? I would have to take Smith. I like I like his his assertiveness. He was a he was a keystone when he was here. He really set the temple, and he's a great person to have around in the locker room for the younger guys. Yeah, absolutely. He's working on finishing up his degree, and I, I think that's a prerequisite to be an assistant yeah, here well. that you have to have that degree. So once I'm, he's done with that, he may be he may be the next in line. To, to slot in, but I wouldn't be surprised if uh, if everybody's bumped up um, Montgomery to the number one A, you know, right, DJ right, right. to two, and even Tone Smith to three. But um, obviously Mike Garland, I think he's down in Florida right now with Doherty. Uh, what is it? Um, S not not SIU, but uh, Florida Atlantic. I think he was an assistant there after he got fired from Cleveland State. So you might see Mike Garland. Uh, obviously, Tom Izzo is not going to be the next coach at Kentucky. All the speculation, uh, uh, just I don't believe it. Come on. Uh, the guy is viewed as the second coming of Jesus here at Michigan State. Uh, people love him. The community loves him. He loves him in return. He makes tremendous money, $1.7 million plus a year. 
Um, he's a tremendous coach, and he's not going anywhere. So so don't fret. Uh, Jamil Hill wrote today that Kobe is better than Jordan. I beg to differ. Jordan is the man. Uh, she's an, a writer for ESPN and a Michigan State alum. A little bit disappointed. She's yeah, a writer for the State News. I'm disappointed in that comment. Hey, um, it's the top of the hour, but it's WDBME, Slancing Impact 89 FM. Juan, you're disappointed? Yeah, I'm, I'm disappointed in that. Anyone who says that Kobe is better than Jordan uh, really needs to go back and refresh on some of those Jordan games. It's been about... You know, 10 years now since people seen the real Michael Jordan and the things that he's accomplished and the impact that he's left on the game. But just not even on the court, if you say Kobe's going to actually score more points than him or, or break down some of his records or do things that you've never seen Jordan do before, like he's doing right now in the scoring spree. But just the way that Michael Jordan won the game and addressed the game is, is never going to be in my opinion, touched by anyone else. The fact that he is a professional's athlete's professional. The fact that Tiger Woods could go out and win five majors in a row and be dubbed the Michael Jordan of golf shows that his umbrella expands farther than any other athlete could possibly reach. So to say that Kobe, who is one-dimensional in that aspect, is better than Michael Jordan is, is frivolous. That's it. You heard it here first. Jordan is better than Kobe. Coach Joanne P. McCauley gets a raise. Drew Neitzel is not an All-American, but he is an All-American on the Spartan Sports Wrap in our eyes. Izzo's not going to Kentucky. Trust me. Michigan State hockey to the Frozen Four. And now we turn it over to Jeff Shoup. I've already stole a minute and a half of his valuable time. (laughs) Jazz Spectrum coming your way next here on Impact 89 FM. Stay tuned and stay with us next week as we break down everything Michigan State and pro. And I'm out. Enjoy the great weather, Michigan State. Take care. See you next week. Thanks for listening to the Spartan Sports Wrap on Impact Exposure. Tune in next Monday at 7 p.m. for more commentary on your favorite teams. Thanks for listening to this evening's Exposure, only on 88.9 The Impact.